0: Hello everybody, welcome to Optional Opinion here. At the Anomalous Video Network, I'm your host, ADV. Thank you guys for joining me. Doing a new optional opinion feature this week is all going to be audio. And the topic is, uh, hey, E3 2016, how do your games do? And what we're going to be talking about is uh, the games that they showed at E3 and actually applied the reviews that with uh, with went towards them. I'm going to be talking about the average of them and how all the games collected that did come out at this point in time how they do as an average. And the companies uh, that review them uh, that I'm going to be using is Destructoid, Game Informer, GameSpot, IGN, and Polygon. So, joining me is my second boss, the wonderful Corey Derrick from Nerds Gone Wrong Radio and NGRadio.com. Hey, boss. How you doing? Oh, and... Hey. And he's the host, and I'm his co-host, of Nintendo Power Block.
1: Yay! Adam, glad to be back. Woo!
0: Yes! I feel like we
1: did this once already today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we actually did. We recorded the latest Nintendo Power Block. And if you guys don't remember, Corey, um, he was on the Destiny discussion with me for optional opinion. so if you missed that go back and listen to it uh that was his debut episode but he has came back on the show to talk about some games with me we normally nerd out about nintendo and sometimes other stuff but mostly nintendo but on this episode he's gonna nerd out with me with some e3 games from ea now we didn't play all of these games but we did see them at the presentation uh we i like i said we did see the review scores and everything so we're gonna like really kind of dive in and the way that we're gonna go about it is is that i'm going to do the way that they show each game at that press conference so to start everything off um title fall 2 it released on october 28th of 2016 destroy toy gave it a 8.5 game informer gave it a 9.5 Game uh, Spot gave it a nine, IGN gave it a nine, and Polygon gave it a seven a seven. So the average came out to a eight point six. Um, which is not bad, which is close to closer to the nine if you want to round up the six. Um and that's a pretty good uh Corey. Um I know you didn't play Titanfall 2, but what was your initial thoughts seeing it and then like kind of rev- seeing the reviews or how do you like actually feel about it?
1: um well i did i did play a l- i played a little bit of titanfall too i okay. i played probably half of the campaign uh for me it was fine uh i'm not i mean one uh, i feel like this is a little bit of we had this a little bit on the destiny conversation we had once you pick a a lot of people who play a lot of first person shooters yes or play first person shooters they pick one or two and they kind of stick with it you know Mm -hmm. they they stick with it and try to be really good at that one specific first person shooter and for me that was that was destiny switching to that call of duty titanfall style game fast paced the 60 frames per second uh you know wall running and stuff it was a little jarring um So, like, I I played a little bit of it, and I feel like a lot of people who play Call of Duty would probably have an easier time jumping Titanfall. I just feel like that's just the natural progression of that type of shooter. Uh, But the way it felt, the way it handled, I feel like it handled well. It felt really good. Uh, I think it probably was the best shooter that came out last year in terms of, of... you know, the big three at call of duty battlefield and and that, um, you know, it's, it was fun. I, I enjoyed the, the time that I spent with it, but at the same time, I'm not a huge first person shooter guy. I mean, you know, I've been stuck in the wild for like five weeks. So like, it's really hard for me to, to like switch back and forth right now. It's just, I'm stuck in Nintendo land. Uh, It's it you know it's it's hard for me to wrap my mind around that that part of my gaming uh sphere right now but uh you know what I, what I did play of Titanfall, I really enjoyed I I thought the movement was fluid I liked the wall running mechanic I wished you know they would implement something like that into Destiny I feel like a lot of those mechanics would transition nicely into that sort of game uh but overall you know, I, I like the fact that you can control your Titan even when you're not in it. Yes. You know, I like the fact that, it, you know, you can tell it to stay or, or follow or that much uh, with different things. And, and I think that's really cool, too. I think the customization of a Titan better in this one, uh, I, I think... Releasing it in between Call of Duty Battlefield was a bad idea. I I really do. I think it would have been done a lot better as a February game or a March game. Um,
0: but then Switch would have dominated but, it if it came out of March.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I realized that after I said that. There's a lot of games. This Gosh, there's a lot of games this spring. Like well, you, know, but like you know that uh, when Dying Light came out, I'm going to use that as an example. Mm. It came out in January. And there were no games surrounding it for six weeks. And that's why it did so well. And I feel like Titanfall would have benefited from that sort of strategy coming out when there weren't so many games, especially in the same genre. kind uh, I think, it was the only shooter that came out. And mm-hmm. it's not a first-person shooter. So um, I think Rendo really hurt it. But I think it deserves the, the high ratings that it got. Uh, I just I wish it would have done better. Because now you know, EA is kind of a Star Wars machine right now uh in terms of, of game production, which which isn't bad. You know, that's what's gonna allow them to earn more money to build games like Titanfall, but uh it's just sad because that franchise shows a lot of front
0: Wow. Well, when you seen it on um at E3, what did you? What was your impressions about it? Like, did it really like impress you? Like, or did you? Know, i gla-
1: Oh, go ahead. I think that the thing that stood out to me was that it had a campaign, and that's what I like best about games. Yes. I'm not a huge competitive guy, right? I like the campaign style shooters. I like you know PVE awards horde mode or or. Zone to an extent. Um, I'm glad I had a campaign, and I thought the campaign was really interesting. It just kind of threw as a random soldier becoming a pilot. Uh, so that's that's kind of what drew me into Titanfall 2 because I really thought the idea was a cool idea. I'm just, i But I wanted single player campaign. What can respawn do with a single player campaign? And they brought that to Titanfall 2, and I thought it was fantastic. You know, every yes couple chapters they gave you a new mechanic to try out and then they just kept moving you forward until you learned everything cool idea you know uh i think we had discussion either on Powell block or maybe even when we were talking destiny but uh great uh candidate for movement in a metroid game not yeah. necessarily the overall game design but just movement, you know, the wall running, the jumping, all that kind of stuff. I feel like you know, they have a very uh natural movement to them and and that really fit with the design and their campaign. So that's that's kind of what stuck out to me at E3. Uh when when they released it in the fall, when they announced they were releasing it in the fall, though, that really scared me because of Battlefield and Call of Duty. And I thought for sure it was going to get pushed. Like, for sure.
0: Yeah, it was kind of weird because they released Battlefield 1 and then Titanfall 2 and then, like, Call of Duty, like, that following week. I know when I seen it at E3, um it looked very it looked very impressive and i was just like oh there's gonna be a beta and i tried the beta um got got super hyped about it i'm just like yeah i'm gonna buy this game uh ended up buying the game and playing it and i was just like this is a perfect thing because of the story mode of how quick it it was going um the fluid of the multiplayer uh like if you really invest yourself in you could really get be good at that game and have some really challenging matches um and i love the fact that uh you know fighting a titan or you know fighting other players your titan like the balance and stuff was there, and it just felt good. Um, definitely after I, when I played Call of Duty Infinite Warfare's multiplayer, I was just like, this is so slow. And, it like, I wasn't entertained with Call of Duty's Infinite Warfare uh, multiplayer, but Titanfall 2 multiplayer was just, like, the beast knees. And it kind of was, like, it took kind of did take Shooter of the Year of 2016. Like, it's a really great game. And stuff like that. So I think, uh you know, EA did a, a EA and actually well more mostly respawn I think they did a really good job. And you know, the a lot of people was like it's critically acc- acclaimed. It didn't sell well because they was putting it on a lot of sales. And you know, even with all those sales going on for the holiday, it didn't sell that much. um But it, it you know, it kind of deserves the reviews that it got. Um, with Polygon being the lowest and uh, Game of Forum being the, high, the highest and stuff. Um, it, it was really entertaining to me. I really enjoyed it. I think it's better than Gears of War 4, um, but, you know, Gears of War 4 was really like the Xbox One's Game of the Year. Like, it, that game was really tight, but for this conference and for this game, to start off with Titanfall 2, I think whatever they promised uh, for this game really came through in this uh, multiplayer and in the single-player. So
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think, I think Titanfall was probably, you know, on... I know we're getting more into this list, but uh, I think Titanfall 2 is probably the best game on this list.
0: Yes. So So, we're going to move on to Madden 17. Um, That released on August 23rd. Um, Destructoid gave it 7.5. Game Informer gave it 8.5. GameSpot gave it an 8. IGN gave it an 8.6, and Polygon gave it a 9. So it averaged out to an 8.3. I don't really play a lot of sports games, and pretty much nobody throughout that holiday season was playing Madden 17 or was buying it. I mean, there were so few people who got it for Christmas, and, you know, it did mild, mild sales, but people didn't care for it. And, like, really at the conference... Didn't nobody care for it neither. It was just like, okay, we know it's another Madden game. Move on, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it, people wasn't giving it the time of day, and it looked like when the, this new one came out, like little change happened to it.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I used to be the Madden guy. I used to buy. I used. I bought Madden every year from, you know, the day I got my PlayStation Two, mm-hmm. all the way up through probably madden third madden 14 i think was was like the last year i really really got into madden and i was just like why 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 do i keep buying this game it, it like every year there's i mean i i understand that you know sports developers are probably the hardest they have the the small schedule and probably work the hardest just to make sure their game runs every year yes nine or ten month crunch to get a new game out every year in that small amount of time to change your game that drastically or to make the changes that you need to make. You can't. You have to do, you have to change maybe one or two things per year to fix that next problem the next year. And then by the time you fix all the original problems you've created new problems because you've changed the code and people think your game is getting stale so what do you what do you do that's that's the sports game conundrum uh but that said you know ea kind of put themselves in this pickle when they uh you know have the exclusive license to the nfl and you know a lot of people are kind of blaming them for no innovation because they have no competition yes and they've we've seen that if what somebody else can do with a license, like you look at NBA two K versus NBA live, like NBA two K annihilates because you know, they have competition and EA is frantically trying to change the way they, they put out these games. And so it's hard because I played Madden 17 and I like what I played, but it wasn't different enough for me to actually go out and, and buy. So you know, I'm perfectly happy on the two or every two or three years buying the sports game because they leave the servers up and people are still playing online. And my franchise mode doesn't carry over, so uh, you know, I'm perfectly happy playing Madden 15 when Madden 17. It's it's hard because I don't know. It's just it's just hard to say. Uh, but that said, I wish they would come up with some kind of good innovation for uh madden to to do something different mm-hmm. uh i i don't know what they can do i mean and obviously i'm not a developer i'm sitting in my spare bedroom and trying to have fun with podcasts and stuff instead of you know doing games uh at the same time i feel like they do need to do something um i don't i i don't know what it is you know they tried to add that be a superstar mode a five or six years ago at this point didn't really change a lot. Um, I don't, I don't know what you do. You know that the sport genre is just a hard one to predict and a hard one to fix because they have to come out every year.
0: Right. Um. I don't know who won that $1 million contest. I have to look, I got to look that up um, formatted because uh, they had some kind of tournament uh, at e3 that they was announcing I'm just like actually who won that one million dollar thing so I had to look that up but uh th- for this one uh Destructoid gave it the lowest of 7.5 and polygon gave it a nine um just like you Corey I don't know what they need to do i like I would be fine if they took a year off from Madden that mm-hmm. no football game actually came out
1: unless yeah i think I think what they could do like if they really want to change madden and like really just i like create a new engine spend two or three years working on this engine and say okay so we're not going to put out a new madden this year but what we can do for you is we can release you know this we we give a 20 to 25 person team we make a patch for this current madden to update it for you know, the next year and yes. say, look, we're going to give you your roster updates. We're going to give you your new features. We're going to give you your new franchise mode uh, depth charts and stuff like here. You you can give us 15 or $20 for it, you know, and we are taking a year off to rebuild the Madden experience and we're going to do our homework. We're going to study it. We're going to, you know, just give you uh, a fresh experience because, you know, I haven't really thought madden has been great since the ps2 days like the the early 360 games were just garbage uh you know they really didn't catch their footing until the end of the 360 ps3 and they're still stumbling so i -hmm. i honestly think they need to do what they did with nba live but do it correctly because madden is so much bigger yes and take take a year or two off like i i and it would be a lot easier to say that if there was another NFL game for people to play, but take a year or two off and just rebuild the engine and, and fix, fix this problem. Because every, every year, the, the first thing I notice every year is that moving through the menus of a Madden game is like, it's, it's terrible. Like it's so laggy, uh, you know, to pick an option, it takes so long that you end up pressing down again to pick something, and then it, it hits down twice within. Like it goes pa pa, and you end up picking the wrong thing because you thought, you know, that your controller wasn't responding, or you know, trying to get to a franchise mode, you end up going to like, I don't, whatever. So clean it up at least. Just just even if you don't rebuild the engine, just clean it up it's because the user. The most the the ease of use the the you know just moving throughout the game is is I don't, you don't need these big huge flashy five or six screen menus like you know their their menu system is set up like the old Xbox blades where you just kind of like shuffle through uh the the blade system and then like they just they just need to clean it up just make it one screen. You know, make it easy to use. Who cares if it's just like, you know, a uh, new franchise, continued franchise, like just a list of options. Just clean it up and make it user-friendly.
0: I, I literally would go for NFL Blitz if they allow for that to come out while they take a break. Or yeah. like some kind of fo- some kind of arcade football game um, to be placed, man. I I would enjoy that.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah remember that the game that 2k did the uh all pro football 2k8 with like all the old legends and stuff yes like I, I me and my friend were actually talking about that game the other day and how much fun that game was and and how you know unique and experience that was compared to madden and like yeah we didn't have like the quote real players but we had players that we grew up watching we had you know our own t- we can create our own teams we could create our own rosters it was it was just a fun experience a lot of cool things and they never came out with you know all-star football 2k9 or whatever and i even if we got something small like that Mm -hmm. i think you know we could we could see some progression in the the sports genre but it is it's always going to be you know ea's second biggest sports franchise it's always going to sell well regardless it's never going to have that uh you know kind of what we're seeing with call of duty right now where they're kind of on their downward spiral you know yes i mean madden's always everybody wants a football game Uh, every sports fan wants a football game and madden's madden's it so
0: they
1: just need to they just need to clean it up first is their big thing but
0: it is what it is (laughs) yeah well moving on from that Ugh, I, and I and, know they're going to show that E3 again, Madden 18. They're going to make a big deal out of it, and I just, I, I, I don't think it needs a long presentation. Yeah, I think they they just need to show it, show they cutscenes, scenes, announce it, and give us a date and move on.
1: Yeah, and the one, one other thing too, before, before we move on, like, I'm speaking from our perspective of games like you know we go through you know the legend of zelda or how simplified those menus are Mm -hmm. and like maybe from a who only plays call of duty and madden every year maybe they don't really care and those are the people that ea are, are looking at and not specifically you and me you know it's i i'm just coming from our perspective where we play a game and the ease of you of getting into a game is so clean and so fluid and like maybe ea doesn't care about that because that's not the odd we're not the audience for that
0: well yeah but i i think with maybe it might be just it might just be me looking on the outside um, While well, on the outside looking in and looking at people's Twitter and Facebook message it, uh, you know, messaging and stuff. And just seeing a lot of journalists, you know, kind of feelings about it and hearing it. A lot of people are just like they spend too much time on something that. That might somewhat matter to the people who only play those kind of games, like those those sports games. But do they really know what all that? Uh, business talk actually me, Or do they just be like, oh, it's another Meta game Sweet, it's coming out this day. Oh, let me save my money to buy it. Like, do you have a feeling that I don't know, it's just like why, why they can't just give it a less presentation mm-hmm. and give something new and f- refreshing more time like Faye or Fee Like I believe that needed more time to be shown, more time to be discussed, Uh, and yeah, it don't have to take up half of the conference or no no more than like seven minutes and stuff. But I would like to actually hear more, like they did with like EA originals, and less Mm -hmm. about their sports titles because yes, they they you know that's their big thing with EA, but a lot of it's just a lot of reiterations that. You know, majority of us who look at it are not going to care. We know it's a sports game. We know you guys are going to add some kind of feature to it. But is it going to play good? Are we going to get like a demo of it? After the press conference, so people who are not at E3 will be able to make a better judgment about it. Because that's what I would love to see. If you're going to do all this big talk about Madden and FIFA and stuff like that, and we're getting to the next game after this. Um, if you're going to talk big about this, how about giving me a demo so I can play a match to understand what you're marketing to me. To see uh-huh. if what you say reflects in part of the product that you're going to release to me. And if it does feel good, and it makes me makes me interested to go pick up the game instead of just hearing another title in the series, um, I would be more interested in that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like, uh, e three. I understand it's for more for you know, GameStop and, and Toys R Us and Walmart's and stuff like that. But those stores know. Like, if they just spend, like, give you, like, a five-minute highlight reel of EA's sports games, mm-hmm. like, that's all you need to say, hey, look, Madden's coming out this year. And then the people like us who are watching the E3 press conferences, we know Madden's coming every year. We don't need to watch it. Show us something more on, you know, either the new Mass Effect game or the new Battlefront game or, you know, what do you have Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare 3 in development or, you know, something like that that we're more interested in. We know the sports games are coming. And if you just give them that little blip that says, hey, our sports lineup is here. Here's Madden. Here's FIFA. Here's NHL. Here's NBA Live. Roll tape. Five-minute highlight reel of some cool dunks and some cool, Touchdowns and some, you know, cool checks in hockey and hockey and like you just show that stuff and move on. Yeah. That's their other big problem. Well, uh, they
0: probably don't have much to show because if they move off their sports games, what other titles do they got to show? Like this year, we'll probably get a cavalcade of Star Wars stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. that's fine. But if you took the Star Wars stuff out, you took the sports stuff out, what are you going to show? Because yeah,
1: and that's the big question this year is because you know all of their sports games that they've been developing for the last two or three years are now wrapping up and they are starting to to show you know they're gonna start showing them So,
0: so you know
1: it's it's gonna be interesting EA's conference is gonna be one of the the freshest one because like okay so we 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 know pretty much what's coming from Microsoft we pretty much know what's coming from Sony like Nintendo is still kind of we know Mario and Xenoblade and Fire Emblem we don't know what's coming at the beginning of next year uh we we pretty much know Ubisoft you know Assassin's Creed Rayman some other stuff you know EA is the big question right now like what are they going to offer that isn't Star Wars or sports so I mean, I mean, I'm inter- I'm interested in Amy Hennig's Star Wars game personally. I I want to know because she is a fantastic writer. But what is that team going to do? So,
0: and would they speak speak about EA originals? Because like, fee, that's been the like that's been the only games that's been shown and have never been brought up again. I haven't seen no mm-hmm. preview, I haven't heard no update or anything. So it's just like what are you guys going to do because if this is a orig- like a EA original kind of indie game, something should have been said more about it and this game should have been out. Uh-huh. So.
1: Yeah, and I looked up that I looked up fee on games and like under reviews there's nothing under previews there's there's all that it there is is the last feature was like uh 10 months ago on fee which was what that was e3 right yeah that was that was e3 so i mean yeah they've gone quiet
0: Well, uh, we're going to move on to Mass Effect Andromeda, which was released uh, March 21st of 2017. Um, Destructoid gave it a 6.5. Game Informer gave it an 8. GameSpot gave it a 6. IGN gave it a 7.7. And Polygon gave it a 7.5, which averaged out to a 7.1. So, kind of average. Mm -hmm. Um, With Destructoid being the lowest of... no, No, GameSpot actually being the lowest of a 6 and game informer being the highest of an eight do you think that they should have showed more of this game as much as as they could cuz for a lot of people uh whatever they showed at E3 that little trailer that was revealed um no they did a developer diary I think at E3 for EA mm-hmm. they did a
1: developer diary at E3 and then they did the at the PS4 Pro reveal event they did that out of context story moment and that was kind of it really for mass effect and you know everybody's like had the game yeah the uh
0: the cover feature
1: right right and and everybody's like is this game gonna get delayed this game probably should be delayed is this game getting delayed we haven't seen any of it and then ea doubled down and said no we're releasing it and you know this was an game that fell victim to the end of fiscal year. You know, EA needed a game their fiscal year to boost their numbers, and they thought Mass Effect was that title, and then... Which is sad, because Bioware games are... Like, I love Mass Effect. I I really do like that series a lot, and I still think Mass Effect 1's the best. Uh, Don't come after me. And I also really liked Mass Effect 3's ending. Also, don't come after me. Um, But you know this game should have been delayed and you know at last year i thought you know ea is coming around ea is is knowing when to hold games when to show games uh you know battle battlefield and battlefront have improved immensely you know throughout the last couple years uh and Title from EA BioWare to highly regarded studios and I haven't played Mass Effect yet I really want to I'm waiting for them to flesh out some of the patches and stuff so I can go in with a, a clean game a clean experience mm-hmm. but you know after, after all these 8's 9's and 10's that we've been getting this spring like Mass Effect is on the back for me you know, probably until summer. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna need a beefy experience to play in between my rounds of Mario Kart and Splatoon. Like I'm gonna need that experience. And Mass Effect is probably gonna be that experience for me this summer. But it's sad because the last all the Mass Effect games I've gotten on launch day. And I had this one pre-ordered and I canceled it because, you know, the re- the reviews weren't great. And you know, there's a lot of stuff coming out about this game that was very negative. And it's not, I don't think Bioware is to blame for this. To an extent, they can be, but like, like I think it's EA's pushing the game out for the fiscal year.
0: And then they was them doing the blame game and stuff like that. It It, it was mm-hmm. kind of weird because I think what really hurt this game was the marketing. They didn't show this game off. They didn't nobody mm-hmm. want to see a diary? Everybody wanted to see the game in play. When this is E three, this is going to get people because people were already drowning out EA. They was already getting bored with a lot of the, what they were showing at the press conference. I mean, they started off strong with Fall two, but then when they started showing everything else, and we just get a developer diary for a game, just like. What's going on? Why are you guys not showing enough of this game? Like, and it was cool that they, you know, that they showed more of it off at Pro, but we needed a direct style for this game. BioWare mm-hmm. should have did a 50 minute documentary or something, some kind of announcement to show off this game. And it's it's sad to see that with the reviews and what happened at E3 with this game being very disappointing. You can understand why it's probably like, on this list, it's like the lowest game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people did enjoy it for what it is. You know, they just, it feels like they accepted for what it is, but as big as the Mass Effect brand is that you know, 1-3 has built up, it was a major letdown for a lot of people, mm-hmm. and so what I think what EA and Bioware needs to learn is that if we get something up good and running, let's show it off. Let's show some character art off. Let's let's make a funny video. Like let's get people involved and keep that hype and uh, that mentality you know, of one of the game, let's keep it going. Let's keep a good flow. And I think with them not just showing off and uh, seeing how a delay would help this game, like I would delay, I would have delayed this game at least until May, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Yeah.
1: I feel like this, They like right now, there's not really a lot scheduled for this fall. I would even put it out as a fall game there's there's you know we we have that slew of switch titles coming and you know call of duty and red dead and destiny are all mm-hmm. big titles coming this fall but other than that like you know we'll probably have an assassin's creed we'll probably have i don't know that batman game's been rooming for a long time and uh, i i still think mass effect could have benefited from being in that august september window I, you know I, before before everything started coming out
0: i would have gave this uh uh, Scorpio exclusive. I Yeah, to, I mean sh- even something like that. To you know, show I all, just- yeah, to show off the power of that system, I would have gave this to us uh like do the like make it release a week when the uh when the Scorpio comes out and then that following week or a few days later do the PS four uh release. Because this game on the current systems I I just don't know what they were thinking you know just like you said the end of the fiscal year it just needs to be out
1: yeah it's it's a shame i i don't get me wrong i'm still looking forward to playing this game and i'm going in with the expectations and like since the games come out they've had cool commercials and stuff like even my wife commented on on the on the mass effect Andromeda commercial she's like Mm -hmm. oh is that a game i was like yeah she's like that looks pretty cool i'm like yeah, I, I really wanted to play it, but it's been getting a lot of negativity surrounding it and I'm waiting for them to fix it. And like, we kind of had a little conversation about that. And it's just, it's hard when you see a franchise that you love so much and was such a big part of, you know, your, your gaming life last generation Yes, and you see, and you want so bad for this, uh, you know, (laughs) two thirds of this team is a new team and you want so bad for this team to succeed and create something different within this universe that you love. And to see something as little as, as, you know, EA trying to get something out before the fiscal year ends is just, it's, it sucks for the franchise. And, I'm, and, you know, who knows if they're going to revisit mass effect because, you know, then there again, Bioware, one team, has Star Wars game in development and the other Team has their new IP, which is supposed to be, uh, you know, quote the destiny killer. So,
0: we probably you know, who see, knows? Yeah, who probably, knows
1: when we're going to see a sequel or not?
0: We'll see it in four years.
1: Yeah, well, so. s- I mean, i I want this team. I think this team deserves another real shot at adding something to Mass Effect universe. Yeah. I really do.
0: I, I think they what they learned from the development they could take in into the next game and make it better so mm-hmm. they probably got notes they probably read reading stuff they probably well still patching, but they probably just got a lot of notes drawn uh story gameplay they probably seeing what needs to be fixed and what could be better i think they're taking tons of notes so when the next game comes out and they want to reveal it they will be ready Mm -hmm. screw the development diary we don't need all of that make that a bonus on the game show us the gameplay what you guys learn admit some of the faults and show how better it can be that's what I think they should Mm -hmm. do when it comes out next time Mm -hmm. so uh, moving on to the next game, FIFA 17, which released on September 27th, um, Destructoid didn't review it, uh, but Game Informer gave it an 8.75, GameSpot gave it a nine, IGN gave it an 8.4, and Polygon gave it a nine. So the average came out to be an 8.8 for this game. Um, it's so well i don't think that story arc worked with the black guy in it um because i didn't really hear a lot of people talk about it um i think they spent too much time on it at e3 i think that was like their major focus with them doing with the three little other two cities and travel traversing the world and stuff and getting that one manager and all the what all that craziness and stuff um, but to see this game, I, it did okay throughout the holiday season. Um, I like I said, I didn't pick it up, so uh, it's fever. yeah.
1: Well, then, then again, like we're like even like the U.S. the U.S. gamers are not the the audience for this. Yeah, you know, we like this game is so much bigger than than the U.S. gaming culture, like you know this game sells more than call of duty around the world like it's just that big and and you know i this is the opposite problem that madden has like kudos to ea for spending time on fifa and actually innovating with the series because mm-hmm. they have they have competition with konami's uh, uh pro evolution yes so you know they have they have to keep up on a worldwide basis with this game and I I give EA all the props for for sticking to their guns and really pushing this game. You know, yeah, the story mode didn't work, but it had cool it, it was a cool idea that just didn't get flushed out and maybe they'll change it up next year or whatever or maybe they'll just take it out completely. I don't think sports games need a story mode. I'm sorry. They don't need a story mode. Uh, they don't need that but,
0: stupid monologue that man gave at the beginning uh, at E3. I'm like, really, yeah. EA? What you... it's, yeah. a, it's a soccer game. I'm kicking a ball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I,
1: I will tell you this, though. I am excited that EA is finally bringing FIFA to Switch. I like playing soccer games. I don't know really anything about, you know, what's happening in, you know, Manchester United or... Or you know all these other teams. Uh, you know I know friend of friend a friend of ours, Matt. I think is is really into soccer, and you know he could tell you all this stuff. Uh, but just excited to play soccer on the go, and like that's where I kind of see me playing more sports games now. Is like I know we, we talk an awful lot about Nintendo, and I'm not trying to make this a Nintendo show. But if you give me Madden and FIFA. Switch and let me play it on the go or on the couch or something you know just to
0: If you give him Madden and FIFA that is the current version of you releasing on Xbox One and PS4 you will play it. Don't give last year's version and expect it to put uh, this year's like name on it.
1: Yeah because that's what they did to Madden on Wii U and a lot of people were mad about it. Yes, And yeah and I I I think, you know, the way those games are built now, like the the way that Madden and, and FIFA are built now and NBA two K, they are easily scalable and the technology in the Switch allows for easy scaling a lot of different engines. Uh you know, we might not have the the best lighting effects, but those lighting effects you know, that's fine. I will totally pay for you know them putting this game on the switch i i if they because okay let me i'm trying to remember the big thing with madden was they changed engines that year that it came to wii u yes but they didn't switch the engine for the wii u version And that had the advanced defensive AI and the better kicking mechanics. And uh, there's something else that they didn't add in the Wii U version. And a ton of people were mad because that changed the whole game because their big push that year was, uh, you know, we've made the defensive secondary better at ball control, at better at ball hawking, at better at defending the pass and they didn't add that in the Wii U version. And that's what made everybody mad. And so, oh, you didn't buy it on Wii U? Well, we're not putting it on Wii U anymore. But guess what? You didn't give us the version of the game that everybody else got. That's why nobody bought it on Wii U. Right. And so that same situation on Switch. But I don't think that's going to happen based on technology that's in the Switch. Um, but they did say that FIFA was custom built and they did promise that it was not going to be last year's version or last generation's version. They did say that. We'll see.
0: Yeah, we shall see. I,
1: I do want sports games on the switch, though, because I think, you know, that is that kind of is the perfect spot for them for me now. So,
0: yeah, that's it, all that is going to be. Uh, They got to bring it. They got to prove at E3 they have to so well um, they did show like Fee and Star Wars but those games didn't come out uh, mm-hmm. so the last game that we're going to talk about is Battlefield 1 it was released on October 21st um, Destructoid gave it an 8 Game Informer gave it a 9.25 uh, GameSpot gave it a 9 IGN gave it a 9 and Polygon gave it a 9 so the average came to an 8.9 for this game Uh, with, uh, Game Informer being the highest of a 9.25 and Destructoid being the lowest of an 8. Um, people, I, mm, this one is really difficult to say because, um, every time I looked at it, I didn't know if people were playing the game or, or if it was a cut scene. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to uh to talk about it. I know uh Ty Oxtra from Secret French United and uh, NGR Radio. I know me and he talked a little about a little bit about it, and he was just like he really can't play the game. And I I decided after Battlefield Four, I I can't play the Battlefield games at all anymore. Neither, um. Mm-hmm. So uh, they at E3 they. They talked about celebrities playing it and then they said that people could play it at the show. Um and I guess when the game came out it was as good but that's if you like that kind of style of game. Like and you know, I guess it was a change, but uh I just didn't I just didn't care for it personally. Um mm-hmm. seen it at E three and like uh, like I said, I haven't played the game. Um and I just gave my reasons, uh, but it got like really high ratings for it. So that's 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 shocking. Out of everything on this list, that Battlefield One was the highest, with Titanfall. Uh, well, no, with FIFA Seventeen being the second, Titanfall being the third, Madden being the fourth, and uh, Mass Effect being the least. Hmm. So
1: yeah. I, I'm with you. I didn't haven't played Battlefield since Bad Company Two on on 360. Uh, I just it's again I don't I don't really know how to jump from first person shooter to first person shooter and get a handle on the different mechanics because like yeah basically they're the same mechanically but Mm -hmm. they have different feels to them. Like it was I was really into Halo at the time and it was really easy for me to, to jump from halo to destiny because it's the same engine it's the same mechanics it's the same it's the same feeling you know destiny does feel like those old halo games with a sprint button uh you know it's harder to jump from halo to call of duty halo to titanfall and halo to battlefield which i would say is the one of the most realistic feeling shooters out there when you know i go in and shoot stuff i really don't care and the the fact that like i'm really into the sci-fi aspect of games and going time yes. really kind of threw me off too which is why i actually played titanfall was i like that futuristic setting i that trajectory and i actually am one of the few people that don't really want call of duty to go back in time you know and i understand they got to do what the franchise and uh, you know 18 million people can't be wrong but uh i mean they can be but i'm not gonna go there nice. uh, uh i actually really liked infinite warfare though to, the campaign was was pretty solid uh a lot of interesting things they were doing but uh i everybody that i talked to that's like a a real human being and not like an internet personality really didn't care for it yeah. But everybody that is an internet personality or, you know, an IGN personality or something really loved what they played. And I mean, it's, I don't know. You just got, I guess you just have to be a battlefield person. I It's a very different type of game in a very different community than, than most of them.
0: Well, it was weird. Um, kind of in my area, all three games didn't really sell. Like, they really wasn't pushing it. And they might have picked it, some people might have picked it up on Black Friday. Uh, some party people probably picked it up on, you know, Amazon and stuff. But I, when I was going to a lot of stores, I was seeing tons of, like, first shipment copies, like, of, of each game, And I was just kind of shocked about it. Just be like, okay, these games got high reviews, uh, so why are nobody buying them, and why are a lot of people not playing it? Um, you know, Battlefield 1, uh, you know, people really loved the story and loved, like, some of the mechanics and thought it was a refresh, um, you know, taking people out of that sci-fi modern feeling. And, start, and you know, they felt like it wasn't competing with Call of Duty anymore, like it finally was able to stand on its own uh really nobody bought it so i was just like did anyone read the reviews uh, mm-hmm. did people game fly this Was they at the red box or something like did people rent this game like why didn't this game do a lot of sales that pride ea was expecting
1: yeah and i i mean i think on their hands right now, juggling battle like Battlefield and Battlefront mm-hmm. at the same time, and uh, I think you know, and in concept, the World War One idea was a cool concept, but I think they're going to put their focus towards what's gonna be the most money, and that's going to be Battlefront. And like latest Battlefront two trailer, we saw where their money was going was in that campaign and in that engine. Battlefield is a high seller, but Star Wars is gonna make them more money. <laughs> so I don't know. I think the I think the World War One thing was a cool experiment and I think people appreciated it, but I think if they go back to that next year, that it's not it's gonna do way worse. So I think they they need to come up with something. Especially if Call of Duty is doing World War Two this year. Mm-hmm. People are People are going to be burnt out and say, "Oh yeah, I, I really do like modern guns instead of these uh, single loaded, one shot rifles." You know.
0: Well, I, well, what, what, I think what, what, what war can these first person shooters go for?
1: I mean, there, they, I understand there's like a lot of time periods they could go towards, and like the going with the realistic shooter is what is going to eventually be the demise of these because there's only so this limited amount of saw call of duty tried to advance that Mm -hmm. with, you know, tech suits and body robots and, and space travel and stuff. And at that point, why don't you just play halo or why don't you just play destiny? Like, you know, or why don't you just play Titanfall if you want a robot suit, like, and then, you regress to to the modern stuff, and like nobody's really doing modern stuff anymore. Like I think the World War II for Call of Duty is kind of a mistake. I think people want that nice little middle ground of modern. And, and but then like, how do you change it up? How do you how do you get an original story in there? How do you fit new weapons? in? I don't know, man. There's something about the realistic shooters that's going to kind of kill off the genre. Less realistic, you know, human genre. It's hard, man. They like it's it's probably super hard to be the head of some of these studios, man.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think a lot of
1: trying this... to develop.
0: Oh, go ahead. Oh, Green. sorry.
1: Continue. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Um, I was I, I was just gonna say, like, I couldn't imagine being head of one of these studios, like. Call of Duty has been the best-selling game every year for 13, 14, 15 years at this point. How do you continue that momentum with a new game? I couldn't fathom being the head of Treyarch or the head of Sledgehammer and saying, how do we, how do we continue this without making a mistake or without, without killing the franchise? Like You saw what Ghost did. You saw what Ghost did to Call of Duty. Hmm. it totally tripped up the entire franchise. And everybody was rushing to figure out how to change Call of Duty because Ghosts didn't work. And to, to be fair, Advanced Warfare was a cool change, but then they did it two more times. Like, people got sick of it because they did it two more times, and Titanfall 1 and 2 had already come out in that span.
0: Well, for one, the engine was dated.
1: Yeah, that too. Like it's it's based on old id tech. Like it's based off of old quake engine. And like, yeah, I understand they took that and, and modified. Like that stuff was running on PS2s like fifteen years ago, and they're still using a modified version of that same engine. Like, how do you how do you do? That? It's uh, I just I can't I couldn't I could not even think about being the head of Treyarch. For next game,
0: well, I think, I think with Activision, they didn't give, they don't give their developers time to breathe and let them create other things. Mm-hmm. Like
1: yeah, like every studio, like every studio is now funneled into the Call of Duty, uh, machine. Yes. You know, we see great studios like Raven, Raven Software. Their last big game that they made was that Wolverine game. Which was really cool in concept. And like, they actually got the time to work on that and make their vision. Yeah, it was kind of sloppy here and there, but that was their last big game. And then they got funneled into making Call of Duty maps. High Moon Studios, they made the great Transformer Cybertron games, got funneled into making maps for Call of Duty, and now they're making maps for Destiny. Like, Neversoft got funneled into Treyarch to make Call of Duty maps. Like, they're just all these great studios that had great ideas and great visions got funneled into the Call of Duty machine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In Activision, Bobby Kodak's been very clear. He's like, in a game that's not going to make us money. He's, he's always very upfront about that, which I respect for him just coming out and saying it instead of like tiptoeing around it. But at the same time, I'm sure a lot of these developers who have great ideas don't rock for Call of Duty for three years.
0: Right, and I think it it for me personally, I feel like those developers, in order to make anything new and fresh, they literally got to leave their company and start on their own.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know. Yeah, and, and that's that. That's a shame to say, but you know. It's the truth. To me, mm-hmm. it literally, is the truth. Mm-hmm. So, um, so to refresh everything, Titanfall 2, uh, total average was 8.6. Madden 17, total average was 8.3. Mass Effect Andromeda, total average was 7.1. FIFA 17, total average was 8.8. 8. And Battlefield 1, total average was 8.9. Um, the total average was 8.3 for all the games that EA showed. And if you round it up, it's it's still an eight, uh, if you think about it. So, um, it, you know, they're showing what's kind of poor, but you know, if you look at all the games that you add them up together, they were still good. You know, an eight is not bad. Uh, it's just, you know, there could be some improvements to each game that was released. Um, and with this coming up, E three, we'll see what they got, what they're going to show. Because definitely mm-hmm. with, you know, Microsoft being, I think Microsoft is first, and then EA is after them.
1: hmm And to be fair, like, all these games, like, all the games that scored really high d- do well mechanically, but they're... they're I don't want to say boring. I think boring is the right word. But you know what I'm saying? They're very stagnant. They're very yes. just... Like, for the exception of, of Titanfall 2, I think everything on here mechanically works well they just need to change it up a little bit whereas the one game that has that had a great idea behind it didn't have enough time to flesh it out which would be mass effect and ended up doing the worst because they didn't have the time to flesh out their vision um so i mean i guess you just got to do what works but uh i i mean i on on this list, I think Mass Effect Andromeda is still the most interesting game on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really still do want to get to playing that game. Uh, Me too. But at the same time, you know, I I'm sure they've released like three patches right by now as of this recording that have fixed a lot of we're having with it. So maybe you know, in the next couple of weeks when I get back from from vacation, maybe I'll check out Mass Effect and finally dive into it. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Well, everybody, that is the show. That for this first feature, um, the next episode I will be talking about Bethesda and Ubisoft. Follow me. After that, it's going to be Microsoft. Uh, after Microsoft, Sony, and then we're going to end this feature with Nintendo. Once again, I want to thank you, Corey, for coming on the show for talking uh, talking about these games. I'll uh, go ahead and plug.
1: Oh, geez. Okay. So, quick plug. Uh, I am the host of NGR Radio. I am the co-host of Nintendo Pow Block with Ed. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CoreyHudsonNHD, CoreyNHD in on Instagram, and you can find me at various places on the internet that involve all those shows and, and stuff. Yes. Yeah, radio.com You can find me and Ed writing stuff there. My Wednesday.
0: Uh, Go ahead and say that again because you froze up.
1: Oh, my Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild review is going up on Wednesday, and I have a couple other videos that I'm working on.
0: All right. And you guys can follow me on t- uh, on Twitter at that retro code. Um, you can hear this show and more at the dot poppy dot SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast apps. You can hear my other podcast World One One at shoutengine.com, iTunes, Google Play. It will be on SoundCloud uh, in a couple of a uh, couple of days. I will be updating uh, most of it. Uh, we did interview Tom uh, Hall. I mean, Tom Hap. <laughs> so, Tom Hall, Tom Hap, uh, creator and developer of Axiom Verge. So, do check out that episode. Um, and with that, everybody, I do some other stuff, but. Uh, I'm not going to plug that just yet because this is just a little feature this week for it. So with that everybody, I will see you next episode with Bethesda and Ubisoft. Until then, have a great week, have a great weekend, or whenever you hear this podcast, and we will talk to you later. Once again, thank you Corey for coming on the show.
1: I always love chatting with you, Ed. It's a good time.
0: And with that, everybody, we are out. Peace. Bye.